Let's just pray. Father, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you, Lord, because you are a good father. We thank you because you have good plans for us this year, O Master. Lord, I pray that in these days, as you reveal yourself more and more through your word, O Lord, help us to have a vision of what we are in your sight and help us to see ourselves in you, Jesus, as what you have called us, not what we call ourselves and not what the world calls us, but what you call us. And Father, let those visions become reality and become words in our mouth that we call ourselves by the names that you have called us this year. Bless us, O Master. And Father, this year, Lord, we have a great desire to see you more and more in the scriptures, O Lord Jesus. And let that become a reality, not just in one person's life, but in every brother and every sister in this life team. Right in our, in our relatives and in our friends' life, the revelation of the Lord Jesus in the scriptures that they meditate on. And let that become power and glory in their life here on the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. So Alkish told me to see if we want to continue the message uh, this time. So we took a message last time. Obviously, we didn't cover it. So um, I don't think we can cover it today <laughs> also. But we'll at least we'll make progress, right? We'll make progress. So what we had studied last time was the light has come, right? We studied about Jesus. We studied it was Christmas life team. We talked about the light has come. And we found out this light was what? was the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible said the light has come into the world. And we were always like, what is this light? We studied in Genesis chapter 1 when God said, let there be light. And there was light. We thought that it was a natural light, like some cosmic light or some sunlight or some starlight. But actually, the sun was not even created on the first day. The sun was created on the fourth day. Fourth day. So. What was that light? We, we, just, we studied that that light was the Lord Jesus Christ. See, without Jesus, without Jesus being the first action of God, nothing he could do. In fact, when the light came, God called that good, the first thing. And this is so powerful. Did we, did we talk about it last time? Oh, we didn't talk about this sometime. This is powerful. Jesus, in John chapter 17, you know John chapter 17. His whole chapter is read because Jesus is talking to his father. The whole chapter is read, right? He, at the end, he makes a statement. He says, oh, righteous father, the world has not known you. My goodness. It's like you can sense the heart of Jesus. He says, Lord. It's like he's talking to his father. He says, father, the Lord the world has not known you, O oh righteous Father. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. My goodness. This is, what, this is what God, Jesus is saying, the world doesn't know this Father. Why? Because you loved me before the foundation of the world. When you read that verse, it doesn't make much sense, right? How is he, what is he trying to say? The world that has not known you, righteous Father, you have loved me before the foundation of the world. Doesn't make sense, but think about it. What he's saying is, the world doesn't know you as a, as a loving father. The whole world knows of God as what kind of God? 
judging God, punishing God, finding fault with you. You make a mistake, bam, you're dead. You know, I mean, don't even try to come into my presence. You come into my presence, you better have all your ducks in line, right? So you're like, you better kind of creep in, go, Lord, let me just come into your presence and don't kill me. <laughs> I just want to ask this prayer request and I'll just run away, you know, because... So you're always, you had this impression that God is, but God was, and Jesus saying, oh, Father, you know something? This world doesn't know you. So, so the Father has sent the Son into the world, and the Son is having these conversations with the Father every day. So, Son, what happened today? Father, the world has a totally wrong impression of you. <laughs> it's like, what, what, what do they think of me? You know, they think that you are like this mean God. Oh my goodness, I'm not that, right? No, Father, I know that. You're not. You're the one who sent me. Oh, oh. But does anybody know that I am the one who sent you? Remember we talked about it? So Jesus is going around healing the sick, uh, loving, uh, forgiving the adulteress, forgiving everybody. And everybody thinks Jesus is very? Very good and very loving. But what about the Father? No, 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 no. Father is very... <laughs> Very, very, I mean, Father is in the veil, beyond the veil. He's hidden, right? We cannot even go there. But Jesus, he's among us. He's among the tax collectors. He's among the prostitutes. He's among the Pharisees. So, so they think the Father is like, so G, and, G, and the Father keeps asking, son, but don't, don't they know that I sent you? Like, don't they know that I, the, the, you are my idea into the world? So the, Jesus, no, Father, Lord, everybody knows this. I'm trying to get them to see that you are the one who sent me. Oh, then finally in John chapter 17, Jesus tells the Father this thing. Now you read John chapter 17 in this light. Don't try to think about this, this super spiritual discussion that Jesus has with the Father. He say, Father, you, these, these, he's talking about these 11, these have known that you has sent me. Oh my goodness. You can imagine the Father in heaven so rejoicing. Oh, they know that you have sent me? Yes, Father. They know that you have sent me. Okay, but coming to the point, he's saying, Father, the world, the oh righteous Father, the, the world has not known you, oh righteous Father, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Means what? When did the Father love Jesus? No, this is what we have a total wrong understanding, right? The father did not love Jesus when he obeyed. <laughs> that is, that's how we think. The, we love our children when they do the right thing. Correct? Right? I mean, I know you don't, you're not supposed to say that, but, <laughs> but that's how it is. Thompson, what do you think? Or should I ask your children? <laughs> So we got evidences, right? Jonathan is here. When do you feel most loved by your parents? A plus. A plus. You get a great GPA, get into a good college, you just have this, oh my goodness, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> so, but Jesus is saying, Father, the world has not known your righteous father because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Means what? Before I did not do one good thing. You loved me. That means they don't know that father. 
thing you loved me before the foundation of the world now why is this important what was the foundation of the world in the genesis account let there be light is the foundation of the world sorry <laughs> milo always says don't shout man don't shout <laughs> But how can I not shout? We're talking about the foundation of the world is when God said, let there be light. What did God say about that light? God. He loved the light before the light could produce anything. Did he see it? When did he call the light good? When anything was made? Nothing was made. Was the earth still dark at that point of time? Correct? Was the earth empty at that point of time? Was it void at that point of time? Correct? Was it chaotic at that point of time? But what was good? Light was good. Was anything made? But God called the light good. That means before anything was made. And we know everything was made by Jesus, which was. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. All things were made by Him. Him is who? Jesus. And without Him was nothing made that was made. I mean, even, John doesn't have to say that two times. All things was made by God. By Him means should have been enough. But just to make... So that you don't kind of try to put additional stuff into it. Actually, God is the one who created it. No, 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 no. What? Who created it? All things were made through him and nothing was made without him. In fact, Colossians talks about it. He is the preeminence, the firstborn. Everything was made through him. First John talks about the same thing. Jesus, through Jesus, everything was made. That means the light was important for the rest of the creation to happen. Amen? But when did God call the light good? After the light had done stuff? Before. Okay? So before God, all the heavens and the earth was made, God called Jesus good. Now let's look at it. When Jesus came on the earth, correct? He came on the earth. When he came into the earth, there was no obedience required in that sense because he humbled himself, but God sent him, correct? So he's, he lived 30, year, 30 years on the earth. Did he do any signs, any wonders, any miracles? Did he do any miracles before 30 years? No, 30 years he didn't do nothing, correct? He lived as a perfectly righteous man on the earth. But did he do any signs? Nothing. No signs. Nothing. The Bible says in the beginning of the signs was after he was baptized with the Holy Spirit in the, uh, in the water becoming wine in Cana. Correct? So he didn't do any signs. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, what did the Father say about Jesus? I mean, he has not done anything on the earth. In terms of works, the, when did the father call him, you're my beloved son in whom I am well pleased? Before he did that. You see the father? 
always telling him that he is perfect and he is good and he is well-pleasing before he has even done anything. He did that before the foundation of the world. He did that before his greatest ministry that he has sent him to do. He sent Jesus to do what on the earth? To show how loving the Father is. That means he can only show that through his actual works. Correct? In opening the eyes of the blind, to forgiving the sinners. That's how, that's the works of the Father. Jesus was sent as a messenger doing the Father's works. Correct? Correct? But he has not done any of those things, Cyril. He has not done any of those things. Did he die? No. Is he going to die? Hope so at that point of time because Jesus has his, he has, he has his own choice whether he wants to die or not. Correct? But yet the father says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Do you see his love of the father towards the son? Do you see that? Okay. Now which is the greatest work of Jesus Christ? Which is the greatest work of Jesus Christ? Dying. dying. I mean, the, his death that he dying for the world, he being judged for the world is his greatest act of obedience. Going to death and becoming, providing the death. I, we talked about it in one of our group discussions. We said, we always believe that Jesus gave us life. But I'm telling you, the greatest act of Jesus was Jesus providing his death to us. Nobody could provide that death. Or everyone else could, if you had to die, you had to die forever. Only Jesus could finish the death. Nobody else can finish the death. Nobody else can finish the death. It is important that you have to finish the death. Only on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. No man can finish the death. If you had to die, you will have to die forever. Jesus had to could finish the death. And he provided that as a credit to you. It's amazing. But that was his greatest work. But before his greatest work, Jesus Christ, on the Mount of Transfiguration, what did the Father say to him? This is my beloved son. Hear him. Hear him. Correct? Then, before he was just about to go to the cross, he said, Father, glorify your name. And the voice came down from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. So glorify means give good opinion about the person glorified. He glorified the son again. Did he die? Not yet. Was he obedient to the point of death? Not yet. But he called him good. So he called him good at three points in his life. The most important times of Jesus' ministry. First, before he created the heavens and the earth, God called him good. Second, before his ministry on the earth started, God called him good. And third, before his final act of obedience and paying the judgment, God called him good. You see, this is how the father loves the son. You see, and Jesus is saying, Father, the world has not known you because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Means what is Jesus telling, telling the father? The world thinks that you love people only when they perform. And isn't that how the world thinks of God? Come on. Every world religion systems, all philosophies, is all predicted, including Christianity. Correct? The, not the gospel. <laughs> Christianity as a religion is totally predicted on the fact of if you perform well, you do well, you do good things, then the Father is 
pleased with you. The world has not known you, righteous father. But, and, the, and Jesus calls the father righteous. So if I love somebody before he has finished the work, how is Jesus calling that righteous? That means God has made a provision. That means he is right in calling you righteous before you have done even one thing. Make sense? So that's the love that the father has for you. Incredible, right? The love that the father, he says, the same love that you have for me, I have given it to them. That they, the father loves you today just like, just like the father loves the son. Say, the father loves me. Just like the father loves Jesus. That's how he likes us. That's how he likes it. The father loves you just like he loves Jesus. Amen? Amen? Let's just quickly go. So, so light meets darkness. Let's go to John chapter... So I want to, I want to, share, I want to share, and I, I don't know whether we can cover everything, but we'll tell you one thing. So we said Jesus is the light, correct? He is the light that has come into the world. This light does at least a lot of things, but three major things that this light does. Number one, last time we studied that it, it exposes your sin or does it cleanse your sin? It cleanses your sin. See, Jesus' light does not expose your sin. It cleanses your sin. And one of the passages that Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he told in context of this adulterous woman who was being stoned by the people, correct? So you know the story. And he's at the end of this passage, he says, uh, John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to them, and he's telling the crowd that was gathered around him, I am the light of the world. He follows me, shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He's calling, what is the context of the light in this point of time? That means he's saying that this woman, who you think is a sinner, is now in the light. And therefore, she has the light of life. That means her sin is not exposed. But on the other hand, you would think he being the light of the world would be exposing her sin even more, correct? But exactly the opposite. The light of Jesus does not expose your sin. The light of Jesus does what? Wipes it clean completely. Is it right or is it wrong? Right, because Jesus is going to take the judgment for that sin. Make sense? He rightly cleanses you. Correct? He rightly cleanses you. Okay. Okay. Let's look at this one. John chapter 8. Remember the same context. Same context of the sinner, the adulterous woman being judged. John chapter 8, verse 56. Can somebody read that? Correct. Same chapter. Same context. He's telling the Pharisees and the, uh, and the Jews who have gathered. He says, your father rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. What is he saying? He's saying, your father rejoiced to see my day. What is day? 
the light. Remember that when did God design the word day? Can anybody tell me when, when does this word day start? When the light came. When the light came, God called it day. So it, it, it is not about what the sun is telling you. That's not the day. The day is when the light came. So when, when who is the light? Jesus. So whenever Jesus is here, what is that time called? Day. What time? 8 o'clock is it day? Umed, 9 o'clock? What about 10 o'clock? What about 6 o'clock in the evening? What about uh, 12 o'clock in the night? It's still day. Because Jesus is still here. Correct? Correct? Yeah, because it's not about the sun. It's not about the moon. Now it is the day is dependent upon what? That is why the Bible says in Genesis, the evening and the morning was the first day. How can evening be a day? You got it? It has nothing to do with the sun and the moon. You got it? It has to do with, is the light here? Yes. Is the light good? Yes. Is it day? It is day. So your day never ends. <laughs> Your day never ends. The Bible will tell you, and I'll show it to you through scripture. You all have to get this in your system. Y'all guys, y'all brothers and sisters don't have a night. Y'all don't have night. Y'all don't have any night. There is no night because you have the light of life. There is day all the time in your life, correct? Yes, you will go to sleep. You, when do you sleep? In the day. <laughs> That's a trick question. Right? <laughs> so when do you go to sleep? In the day. Because it's the day of Jesus Christ. Yes, but by chronologically you sleep at night. But really, you're always. So that's what Jesus is saying in the same chapter. He's telling the, um, the Jews, your father saw this light and rejoiced. That means, he, how is, why did Abraham rejoice when he saw this day? That day, was it available for Abraham? Was not available. Because had light come into the world? No. Light came into the world, I would say, how many years after Abraham? 3,000 years. Almost 3,000 years? 2,500 years, possibly, after Abraham. But Abraham is seeing. I can see the day. And he saw the day and he rejoiced. What was he rejoicing about? What did that light do to the woman who was being stoned? Cleansed, Cleansed him from her from what? Sin. From all her sins. What was Abraham seeing the light doing to him? Cleansing him from all his unrighteousness. Correct? That's why God, God told Abraham, I am going to show you the day. Abraham, will you believe that this day will come on the earth? Abraham said, yes, Lord, I believe. God says, you are righteous. Correct? Why did God declare Abraham righteous? Because Abraham believed what? The day. <coughs> you see, the light is the most essential part of the salvation because Jesus is the light. Abraham said, God showed Abraham this light, this day. And he said, do you believe this day? That one day, my son will come into the earth as the light of the world and will forgive all your sins and will make you righteous. Do you believe it, Abraham? Abraham said, yes, I believe it. You are righteous. Now I'll prosper you forever. 
what did the righteousness of Abraham qualify him for? What did it do, do to Abraham? What did the righteousness of Abraham do to Abraham? Come on, what did it do to Abraham? What is the benefit of this righteousness to Abraham? My goodness, he became so blessed. He became blessed in cattle. He became blessed in silver. He became blessed in gold. He became blessed in the number of children that he had, isn't it? His, his nations that have come out of him, even not only Christians, Jews, Islam, the whole middle, the, I mean, the bulk of the nations came out of this one man because God called him righteous. And what was he righteous about? He saw the day. And he told that the day is good because he is now calling the same thing good that God called good. I'll tell you the secret to become as prosperous and the blessing of Abraham to come upon you. What is it? Abraham just saw the day. What is with you? You are in the day. You are in the day. He just saw the day from far and he believed it. You are in the day and God calls you sons of the day. Hallelujah. Are you ready to receive the blessings of being sons of day? So you'll say, Anil, okay, this is all very nice. You're talking about sins being forgiven. I've heard sins being forgiven for a long time. But I'm telling you, sins being forgiven is the basis for all your victory in life. If you are right, if you're not righteous, you cannot be prosperous. If you're not righteous, you cannot be victorious. If you're not righteous, you cannot be safe. If you're not righteous, you cannot be protected from evil. Everything is the blessing of being righteous. You got it? Okay, so this light for this, in this context was declared her righteous, correct? What did Jesus say to the woman? Go no. and sin no more. Was this a gift or was it a command? Yeah. It was, no, it is not a command. It's a, it's a gift. It's like telling a leper, go and be clean. Is it a command or is it a gift? It's a gift. It's not like leper, he wake up in the morning, oh, I should not be leper today. No. Or you, go, or you tell the blind, go and be healed. So he wakes up in the morning, oh, yesterday I was blind, but today I should really, I have to use my self-control to be not be blind. No. You got it? When it comes to sin, God would use a different command. When he said, go and sin no more, he gives it like a command to as a gift, that means you will be righteous now forever because you have just come into my light. You got it? You all have to get this concept, right? Righteousness is a gift. How do we know that? Romans chapter 5. Righteousness is the gift of righteousness. Righteousness cannot be earned. Righteousness cannot be bought. Righteousness cannot be performed. It has to be given as a command to you. You were declared righteousness. That's why it's called in... In Isaiah or in Psalms, the scepter of righteousness. Do you see the scepter of righteousness? A king has a scepter. When you touch that person, whatever the scepter is, that's what you're supposed to get. It's like, it's a scepter of favor. That means if I touch George with that scepter, that means what? He is suddenly become what? Favored. Favored. If, I, if I have to kill somebody, so I'll just use a scepter and say, Means what? Whatever the scepter decides is what the 
affect us. This is the scepter of righteousness that Jesus has. Okay, that's one thing. The second day, light. Let's look at works of light. John chapter 9. Now he is, Jesus is healing a man who was born from birth, blind from birth. Now as Jesus passed by, John chapter 9 verses 1 to 5. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man sinned or his parents that he was born blind. Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but the works of God might be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Now you'll understand this context. Right? See, when you read it before, you never understood this, correct? <coughs> He's saying, I must work the works of him who sent me. Who is he talking about? So Jesus is going to do what works? The father's works. Why is Jesus doing the Father's works? Correct. Y'all got it. The, you remember, Jesus did not come to the earth to show how good he is. No, 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 no. Jesus came to the earth to show how wrong the people are in their understanding of this Father. Correct? They're like, so the biggest problems, like Aaron Rodgers, this year, this, uh, this week, he, he, he grew up in a Christian family, a believer, and a, a, a believing family, but he has not gone away from the faith. His words, according to this, how can this God of loving mercy and kindness send everybody to hell? See, he's missed it. He's totally missed it. The world is offended about a God who does not love people and sends people to hell because nobody has told him or he has not seen that God, it's not God's idea to send people to hell. It's God's idea to send a son, his own son, to come and die for him. So that he doesn't have to go to hell. You got it? People have a wrong understanding of this God. One of the biggest reasons that Oprah Winfrey is away from the God, uh, in her own words, is how can this God be so evil in that sense, you know? Because how can he judge? How can he judge? They don't like a God who will judge. But who, who, did the father judge? Yes, the father did judge. Who did the father judge? Jesus. He's just a son. That is the law. So Jesus says, I must work the works of him. See, Jesus is on assignment. Say assignment. assignment. He's on assignment on the earth to prove how, what? How good and loving and kind his father is. You get it? I want you to meditate on this. My father is good and kind. See, because if your mind is not renewed, you will not enjoy the blessings of this loving father. Don't rebel against the light. I'm, whatever words I'm using today is all from the scripture. There's in Psalm says, do not rebel against the light. Don't rebel against the light. I think that, sorry, that's in Job. That's in Job. It's powerful. I'll show you a passage there, but powerful. Okay. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Okay, now this is very powerful. You, have you this verse? John chapter 9, verses 5. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. You can't get this more clearer. 
I mean, you cannot get this more clear, correct? As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world, correct? So that means what time is it, day or night? It's day. So every good thing, every good work can only happen when? In the day. Agreed? Agreed? You can only work in the day. You can't, what work? What work is he talking about? Healing? Your sins being forgiven? Your prosperity? Your ministry? Everything can only happen, you can only work in the day. He's saying no one can work. It doesn't mean, that means who all does this include? No one can work. Does it include Jesus? Yes. Because Jesus says, I cannot work. <laughs> this is so funny. This is so funny. Jesus is the one who is doing the works of the Father. Correct? He needs what to work? The day. The day. But who is the day? Jesus. He is the day. So he needs his light for him to work in his light. See, even Jesus needs Jesus to work. How about you? <laughs> the Father needs Jesus to work. How about you? The Holy Spirit needs Jesus to work. How about you? Everybody needs Jesus to work. Jesus needs Jesus. The Father needs Jesus. The Holy Spirit needs Jesus. When man comes to man, mm, <laughs> it's like, I think I can work. See, I can work. I cannot work in the night. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Do you get this? You get this revelation that Jesus is the light and he's the day. He only, even he cannot work outside. But he says night is coming. That means what's have going to happen? He'll be taken away. He... <laughs> so is it night today? No. Is he in the world? Yes. He's in the world because the Holy Spirit is in the world. And who is in the world? No. No. Who is in the world? Okay. Do you know Jesus is in the world? How? Right. You know the body of Jesus Christ is what? The church. Correct? What is the head of the body of Jesus Christ? Jesus. Where is the head? On the body. Correct? So if the body is here on the earth, the head, head has to be on the earth, correct? You cannot have, oh, Omed's head is in McKinney, his body is here in Alkesh's house. Doesn't make sense. If he is here, means what? His head is also here, correct? Correct, that's how it is. When Jesus is here, he says, as long as I am here, I am the light of the world. When will he be not here in the world. When the church is taken out from here. Hallelujah. You get it? When it will be night. Today it's still day for you. That means you can do the works of Jesus. The works of the father right now. In fact you should expect fully. To do the works of Jesus. Why? Because it's day. The only qualification is. Are you in the day or are you in the night? Abraham was blessed. Simply because he saw the. <laughs> Abraham is not blessed because he offered his son. Never says anywhere. Abraham was 
blessed because he did what? He blink, 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 blink. He opened his eyes and saw the day. So that brings to the biggest point. What is critical in your body to know that it is day? Your eyes. That means in your body, if you want to get the benefits of the day, what should happen? Your eyes should see that it is day. Amen? Okay. Hold on to the thought there, correct? Okay. Keep reading. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he said this work, he spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, he anointed the eyes of the blind. Get ready, getting ready, because he's trying to do what to the blind man? Give him sight so that he can see what? The day. The day. Correct? He's getting ready. So he anoints the eyes of the blind with clay and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which in brackets is translated sent. Means what is Jesus telling? He anoints his eyes with clay. If a blind man is blind and you anoint his eyes with clay, does he become more blind or less blind? He becomes more blind. Correct? That means what is he trying to do to the blind man? That means he's saying don't depend on even what you think you can see. Depend totally on what? No. He says, go where? To the sent one. Who is the sent one? Jesus. Jesus. The pool's name is intentionally translated by the Holy Spirit by telling them, go to the sent one. Who is the sent one? Jesus. That means, how is your eyes opened? Going to Jesus. By seeing Jesus, your eyes are opened. You got it? Your eyes are opened to see the day. Because good things happen in the day. So how do you see the day? You have to see the sent one. Who is the sent one? Jesus. Jesus is the sent one. The more you see Jesus, the more you will know that it is the day. And then what happens when the day? Anything you ask the Father, you will receive. Because it is day. But you can only know it is day by looking at the light. Who is the light? The sent one. What's his name? Jesus. Correct? So follow me. This, this, this miracle is intentionally put by the Holy Spirit in absolute detail because he's trying to tell you this truth about his, he being the light of the world. Okay? So... Hold on to the thing. Then, now it was Sabbath. Same chapter, John chapter 9. Now it was Sabbath when Jesus made the clay. It's almost like rubbing it in. It is the Sabbath and Jesus made the clay. <laughs> you know, it's like, so it's like almost like, because on a Sabbath, you do not anything. So the Holy Spirit is purposely putting it. It is the Sabbath and Jesus made the clay. Means what? Jesus worked. Jesus worked on the Sabbath. You know who works on the Sabbath? 
only Jesus. You know why you can rest on a Sabbath? Because somebody else worked. Who is the somebody else who worked? Jesus and the Father worked. You know something? He said, my Father and I am working so that you can have your Sabbath. If Jesus had rested on that Sabbath, what would have happened to you? You would have to work. So that says on the Sabbath, he made the clay. That's why when Abraham, Isaac asked Abraham, who, where is the lamb? What did Abraham say? God himself. That means he himself will do the working. You do the resting. You got it? He himself will work. Keep reading. On the Sabbath, Jesus made the clay, opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees asked him how he received his sight. He said, he put clay on my eyes. I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is from God because he does, he's not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. Then John chapter 9, verse 39 to 41. For judgment have come into the world that those who do not see may see. For judgment have come into the world for those who do not see may see. How does he make you see? Because he bears the judgment. You got it? He bears the judgment and therefore you can see. That those who see may be made blind. That means those who pretend to see. Like the blind man. Even though he was born from blind, obviously, even some blind people, they have some cells in their eyes that you can see some light come into it. There's some glitter, some, some shadow. Like you close your eyes. Like if I switch off the light, you will know that the light has been switched off. Because there is some light that enters you. But he says, if you pretend that you can see when you cannot, you are blind, you will be made blind. Keep, keep reading. Are we blind also? The Pharisees asked. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. Verse, John chapter 9, verse 36. Then Jesus finds this blind man. At this point of time, Jesus, did the blind man see Jesus? No. Jesus finds him in the temple and then tells him. Jesus said to, uh, uh, tells him, uh, the blind man asked him, he answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Jesus said, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus always, this is the will of the Father. And, uh, and we'll close in maybe another 10, 15 minutes. The will of the Father is that you should see Jesus. I know you've always heard that you need to hear about Jesus, you need to read about Jesus. No, 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 no. His first criteria is that you shall see him. That is why Jesus hunted this blind person down and showed himself to this blind person. Because though his eyes were open, was he still blind? Yes. Because why? Why was he still blind? Because he did not see Jesus. Because Jesus is what? The light. So he's still blind. As long as you don't see Jesus, even though your eyes are open, you are still blind. Just like all the Pharisees were. He got a miracle. Great. But is he still going to hell? Yes. Unless he sees Jesus. Now listen to this. Listen to this very powerful thing. Remember when Paul... 
on the road of Damas Damascus, he was Saul, correct? Damascus, correct? And the, a great light shone around him. Who was that light? Jesus. Jesus. But then what did that light do to Paul? Blinded, Blinded him. Why? Because Paul thought that he was righteous. righteous and he can see. So what did that light do to him? Exactly what Jesus did. Those who think that they see, I will make them blind. You got it? So he's doing that because he doesn't want you to depend on your righteousness to see the day. So he blinds him. So then God sends a disciple called Ananias to Saul. Correct? Listen to what saw Ananias telling Paul. Acts chapter 22 verses 12 to 14. And a certain Ananias, Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good testimony with the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood and said to me. Now this Paul is recounting this incident. Now hear this very carefully. This is Paul saying what Ananias told Paul. In his, Paul's own words. Brother Saul, receive your sight. At the same hour, I looked up to him. And then he said, who is saying? Ananias, the God of our fathers have chosen you that you should know his will. What is his will? I'm so excited. We always say, you should know the will of God. You should know the will of God. Brother, do you know the will of God for you? Brother, do you know, sister, do you know the will of God for you? This is what Ananias told Paul. God of our fathers have chosen you so that you should, you should know the, his will. What is his will? You should see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. Oh my goodness. What is the heart of the father? Paul, Paul, I want you to see my son and hear his voice. Do you see, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's like, it's, like, it's like a mother who is given birth to his child. And the child, the mother is unconscious when the baby was born. The baby is taken to the nursery. When the mother wakes up, what is the first thing the mother wants to see? Can I see my child? That's the will of the father. The will of the father is that you shall see what? The just one. What does the father wants Paul to see Jesus as? Just. Just. The more you see Jesus righteous, the more you will see yourself righteous. As you see him, so are you. And your eyes are very important. Your eyes are very important. Let me quickly go. So the will of the father is that you shall see the just one. Correct? Okay. Let's read Luke chapter 11, verses 33. Now, Jesus is talking. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place. He's talking about whom? No one who has lit a lamp puts it in a secret place. Who is he talking about? Jesus. See, Jesus is the light of the world, correct? The Father sent Jesus into the world. Do you think the Father will hide this light under a bushel? No. What is the father going to do with this light? He's going to show this light to who? Only the Jews? 
to the Indians, to the Turks, He's, to the Persians. He will show this light to who? To everybody. Why? Because he wants everybody to do what to the light? See the light. When they see the light, what happens to them? They, they, become, they become lighted up, right? Like if there is light outside but the windows are closed, how do you get light into your house? What is that? What do you do? You open the windows. Did the windows create the light? What created the light? The light was already there. What happened when you opened the windows? The light just came in. Now is your house full of light? Yes. You got the principle? So your windows don't create the light. Your action to open the windows do not create the light. Light was always there. You just allowed the light to come in. But what was important for the light to come in? What part of your house? The windows. Say windows. Microsoft windows are very important. Okay. Windows are very important for good things to happen, right? Because it allows the light to come in, correct? Okay, listen to this. Jesus' words. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light. Agreed? Jesus' words. Now he is explaining that he's not talking about physical light. Look at his words. The lamp of the body is the eye. Very, very important. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye is good, then your whole body is full of light. How is your eye good? Looking at what? Jesus. If you look at Jesus, your eye is good. And then the whole body is full of light. That means if there is any sickness or disease in your body, what, is hap what will happen when you look at Jesus? It's healed. it's healed immediately. Do you have to pray for it to be healed? No. How can light live with darkness? Light drives out the darkness. The darkness cannot overtake the light. John chapter 1. Light has come into the world and darkness cannot overtake it. That's the first principle. Light's first principle is darkness cannot overtake it. Uh, guys, you all need to ex believe it. Darkness is everything about darkness. Sickness, disease, poverty, depression, relationship issues. Everything is the works of darkness. That's why Jesus said when he was healing the blind man, he said, I must work the works of the Father who sent me while it is day. What is the works of day? The works of day is the works of light. That means healing is the work of light. What about the adulterous woman who was caught in adultery? Was that a work of light? Declaring her righteous? Yes, it was a work of light. Correct? That means everything is a work of light. He says, but your eye is the lamp of the body. Correct? Keep reading. Therefore, if your eye is good, your whole body is also full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. Now we know what causes darkness to stay in your body. Millie, so what is, what causes your full body to be in darkness? What will typically cause your full body to be in darkness? You are not looking at Jesus. You got it? That's simple as that. You are not looking at Jesus. You are looking at books. You are looking at TV serials. You are looking at the internet for information. You are not looking at the light. In that area of your life, which has got darkness, what are the works of darkness? You are a believer, but like the blind man, 
He's here, his eyes were open, but he's in darkness. Unless he saw Jesus. The will of the Father is what? No. I want the exact words. <laughs> to see the just one. You have to see Jesus the just one. Because the more you see Jesus righteous, you become righteous. That means your body is full of light. Means light means what? Righteousness. You have to see Jesus righteous. Like if you have a healing problem, you have to see Jesus what? Healthy. So that your body is full of health. Like if you have a problem with relationships, you have to see Jesus what? Perfectly at peace. That means your body will be full of peace. You are just a window. You just have to open it to that light. And that light is the Lord Jesus Christ. As long as I am in the world, you can have, you can spend your time, night and day, studying, get gathering wisdom, becoming smart in business, going to college. But I'm telling you, if you don't open your window to the light, your house is dark. It's easy. Open the window. You got it? Which part of the window? Your eyes. You have to open your eyes and see Jesus. I'm telling you, this is the most powerful truth in, as a believer. Open your eyes to see Jesus in that area. And your whole body becomes full of light. Jesus' words. Keep reading. If, if, if then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, what causes the whole body to be full of light? Seeing Jesus. Then your whole body will be full of light as a bright shining of a lamp that gives you light. Hallelujah. I would say spend time in 2020 doing what? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Seeing Jesus in the scripture. See Jesus. That's why on the road of Emmaus, the first day after resurrection, Jesus had just got resurrected. Same day. He appears to two disciples. Most likely, the, uh, one of the names is Cleopas. You know, the other day, the Holy Spirit showed me the other disciple's name. I never knew that there was these. I always thought Cleopas. Cleopas is written that one of the disciples is Cleopas, correct? The Holy Spirit showed me that Cleopas' wife was at the tomb, at, at, the, at the cross. At the cross, you know Cleopas' wife's name? Easy. Mary. <laughs> so Mary and Cleopas, guess what? That's why they went to their own house. It is a replication of the Garden of Eden back again. God is restoring the relationship of man and his wife and Jesus walking with them again, just like in the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. Now you know the disciples of the two disciples, Cleopas and Mary. And what did happen? As Jesus opened the scriptures to them, their hearts burned within them. Means what's happening inside their body? What's happening inside their body? No, 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 no. What's happening with their body? It's flooding with light. Their whole body is filling with light. That's why they're saying, we feel our hearts burning. What's burning? It's light. Their whole body is full of light. And what does the Bible say? And their eyes were 
opened. But that is because they saw Jesus. See, your eyes are opened only when you see Jesus. Every person who is born into the world is born with their eyes closed. Including when God created Adam and Eve, they were created with their eyes closed. It says they were both naked. And their eyes were only open when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But God's plan was their eyes to be opened in the garden of Eden. To what? Now you know the story. To the tree of life. They were supposed to open their eyes to the tree of life. And eat of his life, of his fruit for how long? Forever. But they opened their tree eyes to what? To the knowledge of good. So their eye is good or their eye is bad? According to Jesus' definition, is their eye good or eye bad? Bad. What happened when their eyes were bad? Their whole body was full of darkness. Now you see the power of open eyes. You see that power of open eyes? Their eyes were opened to darkness. Every person born into the world is born with their eyes closed. They are blind. It can only be opened by seeing Jesus and the light. But once you open your eyes, you become the sons of light. There is no night for you anymore. You are always in the day. Always in the day. Always in the day. Keep reading. Then, John chapter 12, verses 35. Jesus says, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. Are you stumbling in life? Oh, suddenly something happens. Oh, suddenly this happens. That's called stumbling. Like, oh, suddenly things happen in your life. That's called what? Stumbling. Because you are not aware of these things happening. If you are in the light, what happens? You know exactly when things are going to happen. The Holy Spirit shows you all stuff because you are in the light. Nothing takes you by surprise because you are in the light. So he says, walk while, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Finally, Read uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 onwards. But if this gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your born servants for Christ's sake. For, underline that, for it is God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Here it's very clearly saying that Jesus, the, the light that God commanded to shine out of darkness, what, what, which light? Jesus. For it was God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts, shown in our hearts, 
to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness, that verse is so rich. Every word is pregnant, but he's saying this light you can only receive in the face of Jesus Christ. And Satan blinds people so that they should not see this light. And how does Satan blind this? What is Satan blinding in that verse? Come on. Oh, you you didn't take that verse. Take that verse. Read that. I want you to get this. What did Satan blind? Because if you know what Satan blinds, you know what we should be wary about. What does Satan blind? First, Second Corinthians chapter four. Chapter four, verse three. Minds. It says hearts there? Minds. minds. Satan blinds their minds. That means these eyes are not your physical eyes. It's what? Where are these eyes? Their eyes are connected to your mind. That means for you to meditate on Jesus, to see him through your heart, through your soul, through your spirit, through your mind. Because Satan blinds their minds. So Satan doesn't want you to see this light. You got it? Because he knows what it does to him. He cannot operate when this light is in you. Amen? And I'll close with this final passage. There's a lot of stuff. We don't have time. <laughs> but, but let me close with this one thing. So let's go to, everyone go to here. Because John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Luke chapter, Lord, John. There's so much of stuff in this, so much, but we don't have time. John chapter 11. Okay. Uh, this, is, this is powerful. John chapter 11 is a story about Lazarus, correct? So Lazarus is sick. He, uh, Lazarus, where is Lazarus staying? Mary and Martha and Lazarus? Which place? Bethany, which is very close to Jerusalem. It's a, it's a Sabbath, very close to a Sabbath day journey to Jerusalem is uh, Bethany. Jesus stayed. So many times Jesus would minister in Jerusalem and he would get out of the city and stay in Bethany. He was just more comfortable in his uh, Lazarus and Mary's house, Martha's Mary's house. That's where Jesus mostly camped when he was staying in, when he was living in Jerusalem. Where did Jesus grow up? In Nazareth, but his adult, his three and a half years of ministry, where was Jesus primarily operating? Galilee. In Galilee, which is near the Sea of Galilee, which is north, correct? And which were the towns that Jesus generally operated in? The, the cities around Galilee, which were the cities? Come on, give me some names. Capernaum, then Bethsaida, correct? Bethsaida, Bethsaida, who else? Uh, woe unto you, Capernaum, Bethsaida, and one more city. Jesus was saying woes because you all saw all these miracles and yet you don't believe. So there were other cities around that. They were all around the Sea of Galilee. Remember this geography. Israel is like a small strip. Jesus was operating in Galilee. That's why he was called a Galilean. He, they had a Galilean accent. In fact, when the uh, Jesus was being betrayed, right? Jesus was uh, being... Uh, interrogated, Peter was 
among the was uh, warming himself around the fire, and the servant woman came and said, "You are a Galilean because I, your speech betrays you because they spoke a different accent. They are from Galileans. Judah was down here. Lazarus lived in Judah, which is very close to Bethany. Was very close to Jerusalem. So, why am I giving you this context? Why? Because Jesus, every time he would go to Jerusalem." They were out to kill him because that's where the religious rulers were. So Jesus never lived in Jerusalem. He would go out in Galilee and stay. So he didn't want to go to Bethlehem, Jerusalem, because they were always out to kill him. Correct? So when they heard, so message came to Jesus that the person that you love, Lazarus, is sick. So Jesus now has to do what? Because he's loved one, right? He has to heal him. So Jesus has to go. But what will happen if he goes to Judea? He'll get stoned. Correct? Now, now you got the context? Okay, now read this. Now read this. So, verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days. He said he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Correct? Correct? Okay. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. So what did the disciples say? Rabbi! Lately, the Jews sought to stone you. Are you going there again? Now, you got this picture? Jesus, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed two more days. Did the disciples complain? Did the, till the disciples complain? Why? They were happy that Jesus is not going to Judea because they knew what happened the last time he went. They were trying to stone him. So the disciples are very happy that Jesus has not taken this trap of Satan to attract him to, to Bethany because he wanted to kill Jesus. You got it? You get the picture? So, so now we, we've always understood this whole picture, like why did Jesus stay two more days, correct? The disciples had no problem with that. <laughs> they had a problem when he said what? Let us go to Judea again. The moment he said that, the disciples saying, hold on. We were like, cool, you're not going. We are safe. We have more, five more years of this ministry going on. Everything is good, free food. Free wine, a lot of money, a lot of miracles. I love it all this. Great life, man. Great life. Don't go to Judea. Every time you talk about Jerusalem, you talk about somebody, son of man being lifted up. And I, we don't like to hear all that. Stay in Galilee. We like this place. Don't go to Judea. Lazarus is it. We don't care about that. You just stay here. So the moment he said, let us go to Judea, the disciples said, you are going to Judea again? The Jews are going to stone you. Jesus makes this statement and I want you to hear this very powerful. This is very powerful. Satan doesn't want believers to know this. Satan doesn't want believers to know this. Do you know this? What is Jesus saying? Look at Jesus' response. Doesn't make any sense if you don't understand what we studied until this today's message. 
You would never understand this until you knew the background. What is Jesus saying? Are there not 12 hours in a day? Are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Hallelujah. What he's saying is, are there not 12 hours in a day? Will you stumble if you are in the day? No. Will you stumble if you are in the day? No. Why? Because you see the light of the world. Who is the light of the world? No. In this context. The sun. Correct? That means if you are in the day, you do not stumble. Because you see the light of the world, which is the day. Correct? But in the night, he stumbles. Because he does not see See, the Bible, Holy Spirit doesn't use the same words. He doesn't say, he has the light. That means even though it is night, you can walk if you have the light. He does not see the light, but if he has the light, that means it's like saying, Alkesh, do you stumble if it's in the day? No. But if it is night, if you have a flashlight, will you stumble? No. In the day, you do not stumble because you see the light. In the night, you do not stumble because you have the light. In the day, you do not stumble because you see the light. In the night, you do not stumble because you have the light. You see the words difference that Jesus used? So Jesus is saying, nobody can touch me. Why? No, for him, it is he has the light. Because it is night when he's going to go to Judea. Because there is death that has happened. Lazarus is dead. So is these works of day or works of night? Works of night. So he's going into night. But what's going to happen when he go, gets into the night there? He is going to resurrect things. Why? Because he is the light and he's carrying the light with him. Because Jesus cannot work in the night unless the light is with him. And who is Jesus' light? He himself. So this is the truth that Satan doesn't want you to know. You are in the day, therefore Satan cannot touch you. Even when you go to Judea, even when you are surrounded by enemies, because Psalms 23 is true. He prepares a table in the midst of my enemies. I, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Who is with me? The light is with me. I'm not afraid of any shadows. Every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights. 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 Remember the word lights. In whom there is no shadow of turning. That means there's no shadows in him. He's like not today dark towards you. Tomorrow he is light towards you. Day after tomorrow he is dark towards you. What? Is father in heaven a sundial? There's no shadow in him because he is light.
aren't there 12 hours in a day? So when you're afraid about any situation in your life, you should ask yourself this question. Aren't there 12 hours in a day? And I'm walking in the day. Why should I stumble? I will never stumble. That means nobody can touch him. So did the, so when he went back to Judea, what happened? Because he went after two days, this is what really happened. I know the Bible doesn't say about it, but most likely, let's pray. ask Jesus when you get to heaven. The Pharisees were waiting because they knew his loved one is sick and Jesus is going to come there. The moment he comes there, they will stone him, correct? So when they waited two days and now he's not come, what did they do? They just left. So the wise words have left and then Jesus came. But then he did the miracle already. Then they couldn't touch him because he had already done a miracle. The Holy Spirit guided his way and timing so perfectly that means he would not stumble and he could not be touched. But Jesus operated as if free because he said, I'm not going because the Jews are against me. I am going to go because it is day. I can go today. I can go tomorrow. Once Herod said, Herod is going to kill you. Jesus said, tell that fox, I will be here two more days, today and tomorrow. The next day, I will go. Again, he uses the word day. That means nobody can touch me when it is day. You got it? Nobody can touch you. Alkesh, nobody can touch you because you are in the day. You got it? I want you to close with First Thessalonians. Let's quickly go to Thessalonians. There are so many, so many rich Powerful verses, but we don't have time. Let's go to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter five, talking about safety. First Thessalonians chapter five. Did you get First Thessalonians chapter five? Verses 3 onwards, 3 to 5. Can somebody read it? For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Keep reading. You are what? Sons of light and sons of the day. Repeat after me. Sons of light. Sons of the day. My goodness, you don't even have the light outside. You are called the sons of the light, the sons of the day. In you are a city in which the sun, there is no night. You got it? That means when, when they say sudden destruction, when the world says, what virus is this? Coronavirus, Bironovirus, or something like that? Or they say, economy is bad, or this is going to happen, that is going to happen, sudden destruction is happening. You say, guys, 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 it's not for you. For you are not, again, what? Darkness. You are sons of the day and sons of the light. That day, that means this night will not overtake you. You got it? You can't get this better than this. You are sons of the day and sons of the light. Let me close with the final verse. Final, final, final. Revelation chapter. 
I got a whole bunch of notes that I've not even started. But let's go here, and I want you all to look at it. Uh, Revelation chapter 22. Oh, guys, everyone, everyone take this book. Everyone take, take this reference. Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 to 5. This talks about the church, the place that you are in right now. Say, this is where I am. This is where I am. This is not in the future. Come on, repeat after me. This is not in the future. This is where I am. This is who I am. And this is where I'm located. It's called location. 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 I am here. In the city. In this place. Okay, let's read about this place, okay? And he showed me a pure river of water of life. What is this river of water of life? What is this huge, uh, what is this pure river of life? The Holy Spirit, correct? So the Holy Spirit is here in this location. Clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was the? So that the tree of life is in this location, correct? Who is the tree of life? Jesus, which bears 12 fruits. Say, fruitfulness in every month. There's a month, there's a fruit for the month of January, correct? From Jesus. Can you eat it? Can you receive it? Can you enjoy it? As surely as you ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and you suffered, surely and much more when you eat of the monthly fruit, say the monthly fruit of Jesus, you will prosper. Okay? Correct. So the tree is here. Fruits are here. Yielding is fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for the healing. So there is healing there in this mountain. It's not in heaven. Why? Why? Who needs healing in heaven? Umed, do you need healing in heaven? No. Hey, nobody, is, nobody is sick in heaven. He's talking about which place? Now, say my place. My place. My city. My location. Correct? What is the leaves of this tree? What is leaves a picture of? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Leaves of a tree? Come on. What did Jesus curse? The fig tree. Fig tree's leaves. That means he was cursing what? The righteousness. The false righteousness of the fig tree. What was Adam and Eve trying to cover themselves with? False righteousness. False righteousness. Leaves are always a picture of righteousness or false righteousness. Correct? So, Jesus is saying, whose righteousness is for good for your healing? Jesus' righteousness. That means every time you're sick, you're supposed to meditate on whose righteousness? Jesus' righteousness. You take communion. You break bread and meditate on Jesus' righteousness. And you receive your healing. So it's healing for the nations. Say, the leaves are here. The leaves are here. And verse 3, there shall be no more curse. Say, no curse. No generational curses. No curses of my father. No curses of my mother. No curses of what I did. Nothing shall be there. There is no curse here. No curse here. Say no curse. Throw out every book in your library which talks about curses that will come upon the believer. Because it is not biblical. Jesus, after he had finished paying the price, he drank bitter wine so that the sins of the forefathers will never come upon the children. Purposely. 
after everything was done because he's saying no more curse on this mountain. Amen? No more curse. Okay. No more curse. So if anybody, if Satan comes and tells you, oh, you have to suffer this. Your child is going through all this because you're in, there in your family history. I don't have any family history. Your family history is from Jesus. You're a new creation. You're of his blood, not of Adam's blood. You're from above. You're not from below. There is no curse in that bloodline. Amen? There is no curse in that bloodline. Curses come from the bloodline. Your bloodline is from the Lord Jesus Christ. No curse here. Amen? Agreed? But the throne of God. Oh my goodness. You are where the throne of God is. God's throne was always in a physical temple in the Old Testament. But he said, I will dwell in a temple not made with hands. What, what is that temple? Say, I. He dwells in me. His throne is in me. So that's where the throne of God is. And of the Lamb, the throne of Jesus Christ is in you. My goodness, what all do you need? You are where? Say location. 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 That's where you are. You are in the prime location in the universe. Where God's throne is. Where the throne of the Lamb is. Not will be in the future. Is right now. And the Lamb shall... Uh, and the lamb and his servants shall serve them. That means he makes us his servants to serve. That means we are qualified to serve him. Say qualified. Qualified, qualified to serve. Every believer, young or small, is qualified to serve for the throne of God. In God can you believe if somebody says, Umed, you're going to be selected to win the cabinet of Mr. Trump? Do you think you will quit everything and jump and go? Mm. Kind of. <laughs> He's like, I serve a greater God. I don't care for Trump. I don't care for this. I care for... A, yeah, I agree. I serve a greater king, correct? But if, if somebody selects you to be a, serve him, you will say people quit everything for that season just to serve the president or serve the emperor, to serve the king. Amen? Do you agree? You're qualified to say. Say, I'm qualified to serve because of my location. Again, you're qualified to serve because of the location. Amen? Okay, next verse. They shall... See, look at my notes. It said in red. That's the most powerful thing. They shall see his face. Whose face? Jesus Christ. What does this face tell you constantly? You are righteous. You are perfect. I find no fault in you. He constantly tells you this. Constantly tells you. I, I, they can see his face. And his name shall be written on their foreheads. That means I am whose property? Umid, if you have a dog, do you name your dog or do you name Alkesh's dog? Do you name your neighbor's dog? No. You name your own dog, correct? Can I name his daughter? No. He's a get out of my house, okay? I name my daughter, correct? You only name stuff that belongs to you. You want to name something? Transfer ownership. Call them what you want. Mr. Boo Boo, Mr. Bubbles, Mr. Dimbo, you call him anything. You buy it, then you can call it. Call your car whatever you want, but first buy it. 
You cannot call things that don't belong to you. You cannot name things that belong, doesn't belong to you. When, Jesus, when it says their name shall be on their foreheads, means who do we belong to? The Father. Can anybody touch the Father's goods? Manisha, can anybody touch you? Nobody can touch you because I belong, I'm owned by my Father. Can your spouse touch you? Kind of, right now. <laughs> kind of, right now. But they cannot own you. Cannot own you. Cannot own you. Remember, she is not yours. He is not yours, ultimately, correct? He's owned by the Father. You cannot, you have to treat her well. You have to treat her well. You have to treat her well. I'm not even able to get it that you have to treat him well. Because <laughs> it doesn't even come out, right? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not even allowing me to say that. You know? Because it's mostly you have to treat her well, correct? It's amazing, amazing. I mean, I'm trying to say that I'm not able to get it out of her mouth. You have to treat her well. You have to treat her well. Because she's not your property. Her father's name is on her foreheads. Not yours. I'm sorry. Not yours. Treat her well. Treat her well. Okay. His name shall be on her foreheads. Verse 5. There shall be no night. <laughs> there shall be no night there. Hallelujah. I rest my case. There is no night where you are right now. There is no night. There is no night. Nobody can touch you. Can you tell me, can you stumble right now? You cannot stumble. Because according to Jesus, when do you stumble? When you walk in night. What does this verse say? There is no night. Why? Why is there no night? Let's read further. They, they need no lamp nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light. The Holy One, Jesus Christ, lives in you. You, He's the light. You are forever in light. You're always in the day. You are never in the night. You don't understand that implication. Satan understands that implication. He knows what it means to be in the dark because he can only do stuff in the night. He knows that he cannot touch the sons and daughters of the day. He knows that. You know, when he's in the spirit, he can see you. He sees you completely blasting and full of light. He's like blasting with light. He's righteous. Jesus, God, Jesus, Father said in Isaiah, I will not rest until their righteousness shine forth as a lamb that burns. He's talking about the cross. He says, I will not rest till my children's righteousness will be shining like a lamb that burns. So what does Satan look at you? He sees you, Annie, like a glowing 7 million watt light burning. He cannot even look at you because you are so full of righteousness. He cannot touch you. He cannot come close to you. He can only deceive you. But he cannot touch you. He can cause things to bring upon yourself by fooling your mind. But he cannot touch you. You got it? There is no night there. What is the next verse? What does it say? And they shall reign 
forever and ever. How long will you reign? How long will you reign? Will you reign right now? What about tomorrow? What about day after tomorrow? What about when the world goes into, into worse situations? Will you reign? You will reign because you are sons of the light and sons of the day. You will reign for how long? So in 2020, will you reign? 100%? Will you reign? Will you reign? Are you confident that you will reign? How will you reign? Forever and ever. What do you do with your eyes during this 2020? See the light. See Jesus in the scripture. Simple. Abraham saw my day and rejoiced and was blessed. Amen? Can you rejoice? Are you going to be afraid of everything that happens? I don't care. I have so many verses, so many good stuff. But I want you to, I'll put the notes out there so you can go through the verses. Now you have a background to study these passages. Go and look at all these verses and try to understand it in your own understanding. The understanding is that Jesus is the light and he has come into this world. And now you have become sons of the light and nobody can make you stumble. Amen? Let's just pray. Father, we come before your throne of grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't rebel against the light, the Lord says. Don't try to work your own works. Rest in my light. And you'll be able to do great, greater works than I have done when I was on the earth. Because I am right now at the Father's right hand. And things that you thought was impossible, visions and dreams that the Father has given you for long, the Lord says, trust me to implement this. Trust me. Your job is to choose what Mary chose. Sit at the feet of Jesus and look into his face. I will make all things to become your enemies and bring it under your foot. All your enemies, I'll bring them under your foot in Jesus' name. The Father says, I will bring all your enemies under your foot while you sit at his feet watching his face. The Lord says, I will fill your body completely with light in every area of your, area of your business, every area of your investment, every area of your ministry, every area of or influence. The Lord says, I'm going to give great influence for certain people in this room. And I can see satellite broadcasting as a big ministry. God says, I will expand it like a light that travels across the world, says the Father. And your words will be carried into the waves because I am the one who gives you influence. No man can give you influence. Every good and perfect gift comes from the father of lights. Lights. Look unto me, says the father. In my son is all that you need. All the good that you wanted is in my son, says the father. Look unto him and unto his face and all will be manifested for you on the earth. Thank you, Jesus. Great influence is going to happen to certain people in this room. And I will give it, says the Father. Not that you work for it. I will give it. I will bring you before kings 
and princesses for my name's sake, because you have faced me, says the Lord. Walk before me, therefore, says the Father, looking at my son, and be blameless. Be blameless. Be without reproach. Be righteous. Be healed. Be prosperous. Be prosperous, says the Lord. Every debt is cancelled in 2020. Every debt, every mortgage is cancelled in 2020. Every ministry debt is cancelled in 2020. Everything that the enemy has tried to make you a slave of is cancelled in 2020 because no one can owe the sons of light anything. The sons of light don't owe anything except to love. The sons of light owe nothing to this world. I will repay, says the Father. I will repay what others have taken from you. So don't fight it. Trust me. And meditate. And see my son in the scriptures. And I will cause all things to be made new in your life. Rejoice, says the Father. For the time's at hand. And my coming is near. But these are not times of dread. But these are times of great harvest. For multitudes and multitudes of nations and tribes that have never seen the gospel or have not been influenced are going to get influenced into this last big move beginning in this year, says the Father. And you will have a part to serve in my harvest. So that it will be accounted to you that they were faithful with the light that I've given them. So rejoice, says the Father, for you will be a testimony to the world and to the people around. When things go crazy, they will run to you because you have the light of this world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord says, I am putting together broken pieces of cutlery that you thought could never be rebuilt. Cutlery is very hard to rebuild back without the evidence of the healing. But the Lord says, I will make it all brand new for you. Those broken pieces, I will make it brand new. I will restore it better than the old. Better than the old better than the old, that it will not even come to remembrance that you had those broken pieces. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. I make all things new, for you are in my Son. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you. We thank you. We bless you. We glorify you because your Son has become light unto us. And we thank you because we are located in your Son. And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But we will attract the wealth and the glory of the Gentiles and the peace of the Father and the ministry that will be fruitful, that we will eat of your fruit every month of this year. And we will rejoice. And our healing will spring forth speedily because we eat of the leaves of righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you. And we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.